You know, I've been thinking about this. How many of you know that just because you come a, become a Christian doesn't mean you live in victory? I mean, you can be a, you can be living a defeated life as a Christian as much as you were before you were a Christian, right? But how many of you know that's not the plan of God? The Bible says in Psalm uh, Psalm ninety ten, those who know your name will put their trust in you. The more that we know who God is and what He's all about the more we're going to put our trust in him. And the more we put our trust in him, the more we're going to live in victory. Amen. And so, um, you know, if you study the names of God, there's some compound names of God, like Jehovah Jireh. It means he's my provider. You know, the the compound name Jehovah Jireh was uh, given to us when Abraham, remember when Abraham was about to sacrifice his son and, and God provided a, a, a provision. Remember that? God has provided. How many of you know God's our provider? But, you know, it also says that Jehovah Rapha, which means God's my healer. How many of you know he can heal you? He can heal your heart. He can heal your physical body. Come on, he can heal you, right? He does miracles. But one of those names is uh, is Jehovah Nisi, which is means my victory. It's our victory. And so one of the most important characteristics of the Lord is that the, is the fact that he is our victory. And we got to know that, right? He doesn't want us to walk in defeat or discouragement because of circumstances or situation. He wants us to live in victory. And so, but listen, living and walking in victory doesn't come automatically just because you, you said yes to Jesus. And you know, um, in the natural world, for a football team or basketball team or whatever, and they, they recruit some players, they don't become victorious just because they join the team. They need to be coached. They need to learn how to win. They need to learn how to experience victory. And I think it's the same way in the, in the spiritual life. You know, Jesus won the battle. He's, he's, he's made the provision for us to live in victory. But sometimes we don't live in victory. We need to learn how to live in victory. Amen? And, and by the way, you can learn how to live in victory. You don't have to live defeated. And so in Exodus chapter 17 is a great story. And I want to read this story. And it was Israel's first battle after their deliverance from Egypt. And um, they're in the, the, the valley of Rephidim. And they have to face one of the most powerful tribes in the valley, which is called the Amalekites. It was one of their adversaries, one of their enemies. And so they come out of the valley to attack Israel and uh, intending to defeat them and stop them from their forward progress. But God had a different plan. And so it says in Exodus, Exodus 17 and 8, the Amalekite came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose men for us and go out and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will, I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. And so Joshua did as Moses told him, and he fought against Amalek and Moses. Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hands down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side, one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and named it 
the Lord is my banner. And he said, the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. Now that verse that said, the Lord, that he, he made a banner and he said, the Lord is my banner. You know what that means? The Lord is my victory. That's the compound name. The Lord is my victory. And you know, uh, in, in, in the biblical times, they made banners. And uh, the purpose of the banner was to encourage and to rally the army and the troops of God. And so um, in, in, the, in the heat of the battle, somebody had the responsibility of just raising up the banner. And whenever the soldiers would see the banner, they knew what that represented. And, you know, on that banner, uh, it was... Um, they had uh, some shiny metal on it. And when the sun sh- it would shine on it, everybody could see it. And, and the enemy didn't know what it was, but the troops knew what they were, right? And so the troops knew exactly. It was a signal for the war, the war trumpets to sound. And it was just, you know, just like, you know, whenever we're watching our favorite team and all the fans are shouting and, and encouraging the, the players on the field, the banner just excited the troops and they just gave them strength and say, listen, you're going to win this battle. You're not going to defeat it. Come on, let's go out and let's take the enemy down. Amen. The Bible says in uh, Isaiah 18, three, all you people of the world, you live on the earth. When a banner is raised on the mountain, you will see it. And when a trumpet sounds, you will hear it. When the banner was raised, and the trumpet sounded, newfound strength came into the people of God. And you know what I'm hoping to do? Maybe to just encourage you tonight and give you newfound strength. Maybe just a little bit more strength. Maybe you've been battle-weary today. I mean, this world is a dog-eat-dog world, and there's a lot of reasons to get discouraged and to lose hope. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus died on the cross so that you don't have to be discouraged or without hope. You are victorious. Amen? Come on. You are victorious. Now, during the uh, confrontation between uh, Israel and Amalek, you notice how the the outcome of the battle kind of went back and forth. And And that story that we just read, it tells us that at one point, Israel was prevailing. And then at another point, Amalek would prevail. And, and so it went back and forth. But you, if you, if you notice in the story, what shifted the outcome of the battle? The Bible tells us in verse 11. So it came about that when Moses held his hands up, that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hands down, Amalek prevailed. Did you catch that? When Moses lifted up his hands, Israel prevailed. But when Moses let his hands down, Amalek prevailed. So Moses, the problem was Moses couldn't hold his hands up. So he was holding his hands up and Joshua was winning the battle in the valley. But Moses' hands would get tired and he would start dropping them. And then all of a sudden, Amalek would start overcoming Israel. So that was the problem. So Moses and Aaron Aaron, uh, and her came up with a solution. They pulled this rock out. They had Moses sit on the rock. Aaron got on one side. Her got on the other side. And they held his hands up until the sun set. And so they figured out a way to win the battle. Amen. And so in verse 13, it says, Moses' hands were heavy and they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side, one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now there's, there's some important lessons here. This story teaches Moses and Israel tremendous lessons. It teaches that our battles are not won 
by using man's wisdom or man's ability. Our battles are won using God's wisdom and God's ability. Amen? But here's the life application. We don't win our battles using human wisdom and using our own strength. If we want to win the battle, we need to tap into God's strength because God is our victory. Amen. So if we want to live victorious, we got to learn how to tap into the to the power of God. First uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, "But thanks be to God who gives us the victory." How through Christ Jesus. Amen. The Lord has called us and destined us to live in victory. But the question is, why is it that sometimes, even though we're Christians, we live defeated? We live discouraged. It's because we haven't learned how to win the battle. We haven't learned how to how to be victorious. And so if I could just encourage you a little bit. Now, I know you probably know all of this, but maybe it's just a little bit of a reminder. Amen. Come on. How many of you know we our memory leaks? And even though we learn stuff, we forget stuff. Amen. And so I just want to share with you some keys to living in victory. And then we're going to baptize some folks. And the first key is this. If you're going to live victorious, you got to learn the discipline of prayer. You don't have to pray to go to heaven. You know, God's not keeping track and saying, you know, okay, he prayed today. He didn't pray today. And he's adding up how many days you prayed and how many days you didn't pray. He, you know, he's not keeping the score. But I'm telling you, if you want to live in victory, you're going to have to learn how to pray. You're going to have to learn the discipline of prayer. You don't have to pray, but I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to live discouraged. You're going to live defeated. And so if you want to live in victory, you got to de- discipline yourself and develop a prayer life. Amen. Can I get a better amen? Verse 11 says, when Moses held his hands up, Israel prevailed. What does that mean? The uplifted hands of Moses is a picture of intercession. It's a picture of prayer. And so when you see, when you read in that story that Moses had, what is he doing? He's beseeching the power of God. He's praying for the grace of God. He's praying for the help of the Lord. We need to do the same thing. And I'm afraid sometimes we just live in our life and we're going to heaven. We're saved. Our sins are forgiven. We're just not living in victory because we're not beseeching the hands of the, with the help of the Lord. But how many of you know we need the help of the Lord? Amen. Second Corinthians 10, 4 says the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. You know what Amalek represents spiritual warfare. It represents the spiritual warfare. And and do you know every Christian faces spiritual warfare? In fact, everybody on the globe faces spiritual warfare, but nobody faces it greater than those who decide they want to be a follower of Christ. The good news is when you become a Christian, your sins are forgiven and you get to spend eternity with Jesus. The bad news is the enemy paints a bullseye on you. He wants to take you out. And Revelation 12 tells us that. He hates the church and he don't, he could care less about the lost people. He's already got them where he wants them. He just wants to take us out. And so if you're going to live in victory, you're going to have to learn how to pray. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be on the alert, your adversary. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But resist him firm in the faith. Resist him means you have to learn how to exercise your spiritual authority. How many of you know God has given you spiritual authority? Which what that means is that you don't have to let the enemy push you over. You You don't have to let the enemy bully you. You can stand up and say, oh, no, oh, no, not today. 
I am not letting you put me in the valley of discouragement. I'm going to stand up against you. Resist the devil. Come on, you got to learn how to resist the devil. Amen? Because there is a spiritual battle. In Luke 10, 19, he says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. You know, you've heard me say, you know, there, there's two there's two extremes here when you talk about spiritual warfare. Some people think that, every, that there's a devil behind everything. You know, they're looking for a devil behind every, you know, there must be a devil under there. And so they, they never focus on Jesus because they're always looking for a devil. And that's not where you want to go because Jesus is our victory, right? But the other extreme is they don't think there's any adversary out there. And so, you know, the devil could care less what you believe. He's coming at you whether you believe him or not. Amen. But I, I submit to you that there is an adversary. There is a devil. And we got to learn how to put him under our feet. And by the way, Jesus says, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Amen. In, in, uh, in spiritual warfare, you got to learn how to use the name of Jesus. And that's what the Bible says in Mark 16, 17. He said, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. I'll tell you, you know, I can be, I can be feeling down and low and I can just close my eyes and I can just do like Moses and lift my hands and say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And all of a sudden, just calling on the name of Jesus, all of a sudden the atmosphere starts to change. I mean, I've seen it over and over again. You walk into a hospital room and, and they, somebody just got a bad report and everybody's down and out and just, you know, f- feeling defeated. And you wrap your, you hold hands around the bedside of that loved one and you just begin to pray. And all of a sudden, the whole atmosphere changes because you start calling on the name of Jesus. Amen. I heard a story just not long, just a couple of weeks ago. There's a brother here in the church and uh, he was, uh, I think he's uh, was selling a car. I think he's a car salesman. And, and they had a couple that was about to buy a car. And the lady just kind of keeled over right there in his office. And whenever he looked at her, eyes rolled behind her head. She fit, and, and he was, she was just, you know, she was turning like losing all her color. She, she was gone right there. And so he, he just jumped on the floor and, and, and he just started CPR and he said, in between breaths, I'd say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And he said, all of a sudden, she gasped, she took a breath and she came back too. And he's like, man, I'll tell you what. Hey, listen, I don't know. You know, skeptics will say, well, that had nothing to do with it. Well, you can go ahead and believe that, but I believe there is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, Jesus is the name above every name, the name that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. And as a Christian, you should use his name. Amen. He said, I will cast out demons in my name. He said, you use my name and you will have authority. Amen. Come on, y'all receive this tonight. The second key to walking in victory is cultivating godly friends. You know, some people, they live defeated because they don't have anybody to walk with them or they have the wrong people walking with them. You know, they don't have people walking with them that know how to do warfare. But you notice when Moses' hands got heavy, where he couldn't intercede on his own, he had two friends that showed up, Aaron and her. And you know what? I think every one of us need friends. Every one of us need not just friends, but good godly friends. You know, the kind of friend that will stick closer to the brother. Not a friend that will say, oh, man, I'm sorry you're having a tough time. Let me know whenever you come out of that valley. 
But we need a friend that has compassion and has the love of God and has the authority of Jesus in their life. And so they can come on the side of you when you're going through a tough time. Listen, we are independent people and we think we could just do it on our own. But listen, every one of us at some point or other, we're going to face a giant that we're not going to be able to take down. Just like David faced a giant in his life, he took down Goliath. But if you read the whole New Testament, you'll find out there was a giant that David couldn't defeat on his own. He had to have a friend help him to defeat that giant. Amen? And you and I, are no different than David. We need friends. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 18 and 20, where two or three gather together in my name, there I am with you. Come on, there's power in agreement. One can chase a thousand and two can chase 10,000. Amen. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. They're even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. There's power in agreement. There's power in joining together. Listen, you would think one can chase a thousand, two can chase 2,000, but that's not what the Bible says. One can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. 10,000. You would think one person can do this much work. Two people can do double that work. No, two people working together can multiply the effectiveness of that work. And so listen, there's no room in the kingdom of God to be some or be on some island somewhere. Come on, saints of God. The Lord has given us the body of Christ. We need to connect with the body of Christ. We need to make some friends, have some people that we can call on when we're going through a tough time and we're going to win the battle. We're going we're gonna to get the victory. Amen. Come on. We all need Aaron and hers in our life. And so the question is, do you have that in your life? The third key to walking in victory is this. you got to utilize the power of the word of God. How many of you know the word of God is powerful? It's sharper than any two-edged sword, right? But you know, in that story that we just read, it says in verse 13, so Joshua, who was in the valley fighting, overwhelmed Amalek and his people, with the edge of the sword. With the edge of the sword. So you had Moses up on the mountaintop interceding and praying. But you had Joshua in the valley with the sword. There's a lesson there. How many of you know that the Bible is specific about what our sword is? In fact, Ephesians six seventeen says, Take the helmet of salvation and the word and the word of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Listen, folks, you can read the daily advertiser. You can read some novel and some whatever you want to read, but it doesn't have the power that the word of God has. Come on, we need the word of God. We need to learn the word of God. We need to know the word of God. It's our sword. Imagine what would have happened to Amalek if he'd have went down to the valley and he wouldn't have brought his sword with him. I'll tell you what I think would have happened. He'd have got defeated. That's what would have happened. And I'm wondering, as we are we as Christians getting defeated because we're not using our sword? You don't have to read your Bible to go to heaven. You don't have to read your Bible to, for the Lord to love you. But if you want to win your battle, you better get familiar with your sword. You better learn how to swing it. You better learn how to use it. Amen? Because the sword is sharp. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And we need to learn how to do battle with the sword. Amen? We need the Word of God. You need the sword to live in victory. But remember, your sword is only as effective as the word that's written in your heart and in your mind. You know, listen, it does you no good. You know, years ago, I remember going into one of these rehab places. I had a family member that was in there. And there was a guy walking around with a Bible. He was just walking around with it. 
But man, that guy was more of a mess than anybody else in there. And they had some people didn't believe really in the Bible or anything. But, you know, I looked at that and I said, listen, you know, it's not good enough to have a Bible on the coffee table. The devil will let you just dust that Bible off on the coffee table until Jesus comes back. You got to get that Bible off the coffee table and you got to get that Bible in your heart. You got to get the word of God in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart. That's how you're going to win the battle. Not the Bible on the coffee table, but the Bible in your spirit. Amen. And you remember, that's how Jesus won his battle with the enemy. When the enemy tried to tempt him and said, didn't the word of God say, say, yeah, yeah, but it is written. And every time the, the enemy came at him, listen, he didn't have time to go grab his Bible on the coffee table. He had to have that word in his heart. He had to have it on his spirit. And it was there. And so when he needed the sword of the spirit, he didn't have to go looking for his Bible. The Bible was already with him. Amen. Come on. Sometimes you need the word of God on Ambassador Caffrey. You ain't, it's not good enough to be on the coffee table. You need it on this road. Amen. You need it at work. You need it right in the heat of the battle. But you got to get it down in your heart where you could say it is written. And so listen, if you don't know any verses of Scripture, you don't have to know a lot of them, but you need to learn some of them. You need to learn some of them. And I'm telling you, I've, been, I've had more, uh, I've, I've seen more battles turn by just, just quoting Psalm 23. I could be, I could be discouraged, I could be down and out, and I just said, the Lord is my shepherd. Man, you can't help but get strengthened just by saying that. I feel strength coming on me just saying that. The Lord is my shepherd. I feel power coming in my life just saying that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I believe there's power being released even in this room. As I say, the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. He makes us to lie down by green pastures. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. Amen. Come on, you got to get the word. So listen, I just want to encourage you. Don't settle for just being a Christian that don't read or study his Bible. Come on, you got to get it in your heart. Amen? Come on, I need a better amen. Or I'm going to keep preaching longer. No, just kidding. The fourth key and the final key to walking in victory that I just want to share with you tonight is you got to engage your faith. You know, the Bible says, man, uh, it's impossible to please God except you walk by faith. By faith, it's impossible, or without faith, excuse me, without faith, it's impossible to please God. The righteous, the righteous shall live by, the righteous shall live by, you know what faith is, gang? In a simple way is you got to believe God and trust God and depend on God whenever things are going bad. Amen. It don't take any faith whenever everything is going good. You find out if you got faith in your heart, when you start having problems, what's your attitude like? Are you down and out? Are you feeling defeated? You're feeling doomed? You have no hope? You need to rise up in faith and believe that even, even though the mountain is before me, I'm going to speak to that mountain and say, be laid low in Jesus' name. Amen. So you got to have faith. You got to engage your faith because it gives us the victory. If you're a believer, and you've been empowered and destined to live in faith or to live in victory. But you got to use your faith. Our victory comes from faith, not faith in our faith, not mental ascent, but faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Jesus is why we can be hopeful. Jesus is the reason why, listen, the same power that caused Jesus to come out of the grave, the Bible says, lives in me. And so if the power of God can raise the dead, well, then what can I overcome? What can I overcome in my life? Amen? Come on. You know what? The same resurrecting power that causes dead people to come alive, if that same power is in me, what's my problem? What am I yang about? What am I crying about? Come on, I need some help here. Amen. Come on, what if, what I got a sour face about? Amen. Why am I living with my with a big boudet lip? Come on. If Jesus is victorious and Jesus is in me, then bless God, I am victorious. Amen. Come on, Jesus says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Amen. I don't think that sounds like defeat. I think that sounds like victory. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. If you're a Christian, Jesus is on the inside of you. And we need to remember that when Jesus died on the cross, he defeated death. He defeated hell. He defeated the grave. He defeated the enemy. He He said, it is finished. And so we have the provision to live in victory. Do y'all believe that tonight? Would you just do me a favor? Just stand up with me for just a moment. Before we baptize, I just would like to pray for those of you in the room. How many of you ever had a discouraging day? Let me see your hand. How many of you ever had a discouraging year? Let me see your hand. Even though we're Christian, it doesn't mean everything's going to, oh, the sky's always going to be blue. And there may be some of you in this room right now, and you're feeling discouraged. You're feeling defeated. And I want to encourage your heart. So can we just make a practice of what we just heard tonight? Amen. Would you just close your eyes with me? And would you just do me a favor? If you have the liberty, don't do it if you don't. But let's just do like Moses, and let's just lift our hands towards heaven. It's just a sign that we're leaning and looking to the Lord. Father, we pray tonight that your grace would just fill this room. Father, we are just saying to you tonight, we can't win our battles on our own. We can only win them if you give us the grace. We need your power. We need your strength. We need your might. Come on, just tell him that right there where you are. Come on, just tell him. Speak it. Declare it. Lord, I need your help. I need your help. I'm sure Moses and Aaron and her, whenever they, Moses had his hands raised, they weren't quiet. They didn't have their lips sealed. I'm sure they, they were crying out to God. Their whole, their whole family, was their, their future was in the balance, in the valley. I'm sure they were crying out with God, God, I need your help. God, I need your victory. Come on, let's just tell him tonight. Lord, we need your help tonight. We need victory tonight. Come, Lord, and help us, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Listen, some of you here tonight, maybe you've just been trying to live your Christian life all alone, but you need some friends. You need to connect with some friends. Come on, you got to get out of that isolated place. And you got, that's why we have life 
groups. That's why we have small groups. That's why we have classes so you can get to know people and join up with people. Father, we pray right now, help us, Lord, to build friendships. Help us to just stop and just break away the friendships that are pulling us down, that are not healthy and not keeping us strong in the Lord. Help us tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Come on, let's utilize the power of the word. Come on, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Come on, declare that. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Come on, declare that. I am more than a conqueror. Come on, just declare that. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, just declare that. I, I am victorious. I am the head and not the tail. Thank you, Father God, that you are releasing your victorious power and presence in this room right now. Thank you. Come on, let's break. Let's break discouragement. Come on, let's break depression. Come on, let's break hopelessness tonight. Come on, declare it. Declare it over your life. Come on, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Thank you, Lord, that you're breaking discouragement, that you're breaking oppression, and that you're releasing the joy of the Lord over the house of God. Lord, we love you tonight. We bless you tonight. We praise you tonight. We glorify you. I thank you, Lord, that you've given your people, your your people, victory tonight. You're giving your people victory tonight. Thank you, Lord. Now just begin to thank him for the victory. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We worship you. We honor you. Thank you, Lord, that we are victorious. Lord, you are Jehovah. You are Jehovah Nisi. Lord, you are our victory. Come on, raise your banner. Raise your banner. Raise your banner. Raise your banner. Declare, I'm victorious. I'm victorious. I live in victory in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that you are releasing hope and encouragement and strength over your people tonight. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Come on, let's just give it a good victory praise offering. Come on, let's give him a good victory praise offering. Come on, declare it in Jesus' name. Come on, I'm believing for you tonight. Victory in Jesus' name. Victory in Jesus' name. Victory in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. I break all oppression. I break all discouragement. And I say leave tonight in the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father. Come on, just right there where you are, just just take a deep breath and just let the, come on, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Just let God just fill you with His Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen, Jesus died on the cross primarily so that every last person on the globe could get to spend eternity in heaven. He died so that we could live He became poor so we could become rich. He's interested in our eternity. This life, the Bible says, is just a vapor. It's short. It's like like fog. It's here for a little while and it's gone. But then what happens after we die? Where are we going to spend our eternity? Maybe you here tonight for the purpose of the Lord's wanting to change your eternity. He's wanting you to spend your life in heaven. But you never really seriously just just repented of your sins, asked Him to forgive you, and just invited Him to be your Lord. 
It's not good enough to be a church goer. You gotta be a Christian. You gotta be willing to just admit you need him. If you hear tonight and you say, Todd, I don't know for sure that I'm a Christian, but I want to be a Christian. Would you pray for me? I want to leave here without a doubt that if I died, I'm going to be with Jesus. Come on, if that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else? Just raise your hand right over here. Right the you guys right over here come on just this is your moment come on now if you're serious about it just lift both of your hands just lift both of your hands and just pray this prayer with me say Lord Jesus I know that I'm a sinner I know I've sinned against you but I'm sorry Lord would you forgive me Lord would you cleanse me Lord I want my heart to be pure Lord I want to live the Christian life I need your help. Tell him that. Lord, I need your help. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me into your family. Come on, just tell him, Lord, I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you, Lord. Now, you know, the Bible says... That if you're willing to confess him before man, that he'll be willing to confess you before the Father. Amen. You know, Christianity is not is no joke. It's serious business. It's not for people that are half-hearted. It's for people that are really serious. So if you just raised your hand and you and you were serious about it, let me see your hands again. I want to ask you to do something. Just slip right out of the pew and just come right up here to the front. Come on, this is important for you. Thank you. Thank you, sir, for being so bold. What a man. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Amen. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. Come on. Heaven is heaven is witnessing. Heaven has got his eyes on this. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. God bless you. This heaven is rejoicing. Heaven's got their hands raised. All the angels are clapping. And they're saying, glory be to God tonight. Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you. We bless these, Lord, these four. Lord, we thank you, Father. We thank you for their heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus for just touching them right now. Amen. I just have a, I just see the, I just see Jesus just looking to the Father and say, Father, you see? You see what's happening over there at Family Life? Come on, somebody's recording your names in the book of life right now. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Listen, if you would do me a favor, just have a seat right there on that pew. And I'm going to ask one of the pastors to just come and one of the pastor's wife. We have a little card like this. I made a decision. I'd like you to fill it out. If you need a Bible, we're going to give you a Bible. It's just some information to just give you some tools to help you get started. If you have a church family, connect with them. If you don't, we would love to have you be a part of ours. Just keep coming right here. Amen? Because we want to walk with you. We want to see you live the victorious Christian life. Come on, let's give God praise for for these four souls right here. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. We love you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, man. How many of you know God's on the move? Amen. He's still working in people's lives. 